0: It might as well be a holiday for media members right now. Today, we're a day early. It's Thanksgiving Eve. But if you cover the Memphis Grizzlies like DeMichael Cole and I do, Dylan Brooks has given out gifts left and right ahead of a major showdown. The first time Dylan plays against his former squad. Quotes galore, but DeMichael and I are going to get to the nitty-gritty of this. Do the Memphis Grizzlies miss Dylan Brooks, or are they better off without him? We'll talk that and Grizz Rockets preview next here on Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in.
1: You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: It is a Wednesday edition of Locked on Grizzlies, a Thanksgiving Eve episode. It's a special episode every time DeMichael Cole joins us. Well, every day. You know how I feel about DeMichael. But it's a special episode when DeMichael joins us from the road from Houston, Texas. DeMichael is going to be in the building for Grizzlies Rockets the first time that Dylan Brooks takes on his former squad. DeMichael Cole, the Commercial Appeal, my wonderful co-host, is with me. I am Joe Mullinax. Memphis Grizzlies columnist over at Bluff City Media, and this is Locked On Grizzlies. Thank you so much wherever you take in the show, whether you're an everydayer or whether this is your first time checking us out, everywhere in between, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, and over on YouTube as we are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day here on Locked On Grizzlies. To Michael Cole, it is good to see you. It is good to... Uh, know that you're going to be there in the building for what is sure to be an epic showdown uh, yeah. between the Grizzlies and their former, uh, well, what's the fairest way to put it, a spiritual leader, spirit animal? The, the heart uh, and whatever soul. Whatever the case might be, 17. the heart and soul. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big night there in Houston. I know. I know you're excited to cover it. I,
1: I can't wait. You know, uh, this is this kind of – so far this season, it's been three and 10, and you know, things have been going a little slow. But this one, this is one you get up for, right? Uh, you throw the records out the window. It doesn't really matter because, uh, Dylan Brooks, as we said in the summertime, uh, he when he went to Houston, you know what he said, he circled these games mm-hmm. and he gets the Grizzlies four times. You think that doesn't mean something to him? It the means a lot to him. Yeah, the Grizzlies bears saying, Oh, yeah, you know, we get to see Dylan Brooks. No. Look, that's what they're saying publicly, but I I know like Jaron Jackson Jr. He he wants a piece of Dylan. He said he told he said I've been talking trash with Dylan for five years, like <laughs> and, and that's exactly what it's been. Everybody uh, seems to forget, but Dylan was always hard on Jaron, and Jaron had to you know had to had to give him some of that energy back, you know. Uh, so uh, he always will talk about wanting to bring that dog out of Jaron, and Jaron claps back at him. Then he got the Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks thing. Uh, they were talking in the summer at Summer League about who's going to get the best of the other guy. I just want to see the results. Now, all the talking aside, it's time to see, you know, who's going to get the best of who. It's
0: just about time. It's got a big fight feel. There's no denying that. And no disrespect to the in-season tournament that folks are trying to make a thing that I'm <laughs> genuinely grateful that the Grizzlies are not participating in, at least in the knockout stages. Yeah, Joe, um, remember you, yeah, you told I, the world, I, that I'm you'd an rather, rather the
1: Grizzlies lose. I said that <laughs>
0: I did. I said that. And I'm happy. I'm happy. We don't have to worry about it anymore. I think they have to play one more game as part of it or something to make yeah. the schedule work. And then it's done. And we don't have to talk about it anymore, at least until next year. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, we'll, we'll preview Grizzlies rockets here later on in the show. Cause obviously there's a basketball game that's happening. It's not, a knockdown drag out affair, but I thought a majority of our show today to Michael, you and I could talk about this kind of dueling mindset, not just among Grizzlies fans, but I think you and I could maybe have a solid conversation about, you know, the first part of this does Memphis miss Dylan? Cause you know, who thinks that the Grizzlies miss Dylan Brooks is Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Uh, Dylan has made that clear in his Houston uh, Chronicle article that went live on Tuesday, uh, I know you'll probably talk a little bit more about that. I read that piece and goodness gracious, Dylan, give him credit for being himself, right? He he, and he, he, he ain't breaking there. character. He is not, it's not a character though. It's just him. Yeah. And, and I think that, and again, I mean that as a compliment. And while I disagree with the idea of the Grizzlies losing their swagger, I think they're just losing and they don't have their players. <laughs> and that, that's more so what's happening. I do agree with Dylan and this is where the Grizzlies miss him most. I've said time and time again, I've written about it over at Bluff City Media. You and I have talked about it here on Lockdown Grizzlies. He was the guy, like the, the general in um, A Few Good Men, which might be a dated reference for you. But, you know, the, the you need me on that wall. Like the guy that's a bad guy and knows he's a bad guy. And you know he's a bad guy and you still depend mm-hmm. on him because you need him. Um, You need him to be willing to do those things. And I do think they miss that right now, right? Like Taylor Jenkins could use someone to deflect some bad coverage off Uh, the fact that they're three and 10, it would be a lot easier to kind of cover that a bit. If Dylan was off saying crazy stuff, I think Dylan did bring some confidence. I think Dylan's confidence starts with himself and Would that have them at 500 right now? No, I think you could argue it would hurt their offense even more for reasons we'll talk about later on in the show. But I do think there's something to the idea that right now the Grizzlies could use the energy and confidence of Dylan Brooks because there's not much else outside of Desmond and to a lesser extent Jaron to be super confident about.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, uh, what, what's the name of that show? A Few Good
0: Men? A Few Good yeah. Men. It's a movie has Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. I, well, I know those guys. Reference. I know those yeah. guys. It, it's like from spoke. 1993. I was seven or eight yeah. years old, and
1: you were not alive. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what I was doing in 93, sleeping somewhere <laughs> unalive. But, <laughs> <laughs> with, <laughs> with, but but this conversation about Dylan Brooks, I'm, I'm going to go a different route about because I do think the team misses him. And and people I've seen, I'm sure you've seen it, this whole, some people have made it a Marcus Smart, Dylan Brooks thing right. in the conversations and whatnot. But to me, it's as simple as this. Where Dylan Brooks stood out on the Grizzlies is the accountability factor. You knew that he was the guy who, you know, as a media member or, or whatever the case may be, as a fan, you you knew he was going to be the guy that went up to Jared and said, I need you to get in the post or when Jaren had a little guy on him, he was going to make sure Jaren got the ball instead of swinging it around the perimeter, things like that. And he held guys accountable. He was the guy who said, Oh, you know, Des needs to work on this. Uh, You know, defensively Zaire has to work on this or Jaren Jackson, Jr. He wants him to become more of a dog. A lot of guys don't speak like that publicly, but Dylan Brooks was that guy. So from an accountability perspective, there's a difference. I think Marcus Smart. Has done a good job of kind of holding the Grizzlies players accountable too, but there's a difference because one, Dylan Brooks was here six years, you know, uh, so he knows drafted these guys.
0: by the Grizzlies. He made yeah. his name as a Grizzly. Marcus Smart, most people still see as a Boston Celtic.
1: Exactly. And that's a that's a big difference because uh, from year to year. It, Dylan can see where where Dez or, or where Jaren or where all these guys work on their games and can kind of give them that, that type of feedback, whereas Marcus Smart and, and Derrick Rose and those guys who've kind of been told to be more vocal, they're just learning on the fly. Like, they've only seen these guys play, like, 10, 12 games right now at this point. Uh, so they do miss that from Dylan. I think, you know, certain times his wing defense does show up. Uh, Marcus Smart has been one of the best steal guys in the league, and he's been fine. But uh, if you've been watching Dylan Brooks in Houston, uh, he has been really good defensively and kind of is a big reason why, you know, the team is, has been decent up until these last he, couple games. He combines
0: physicality with mentality so well. He, he really yeah. does. So much of defense, as you know, to Michael is effort and energy. And, yeah. de, and you Dylan always has that his cardio is elite in that regard. And you combine that with his tenacity and it's a really dangerous combination.
1: It, it is. and, and that's the thing about it, right? Because if you follow Dylan Brooks' career, the guy came from Oregon. Oregon didn't even play man defense. Like he, he – and we talked about this before. He played a zone defense in Oregon. He he gets here to Memphis, and he's challenged. You know, uh, uh, Baker Staff and those guys challenged him. You you need to be, you know, a better defender. And and that's uh, where he kind of, you know, started to make his call to call. We all knew, you know, if you watched him in Oregon, he was – he was a scorer. He he always has been a guy who's not afraid to take the big shots. Uh, but the next step of his career in terms of being an NBA player was becoming that defender uh, that the Grizzlies needed on the wing. And he's kind of exceeded in that role up to this point. And um, I think, yeah, you can make a case that this team miss him. Would, would they be, like you said, 500 uh, with him on the team, I, I don't really think so. I think you can make the argument that, hey, you know, if he was in Memphis, he'd be playing a completely different role than the one in Houston right now. Uh, we talk about, oh, why why couldn't the Grizzlies get that version? We've already dived in on that topic, but I'm talking about specifically with the injury surrounding the Grizzlies right now. you telling me Dylan Brooks wouldn't see this as an opportunity to get up 17, 18 shots with Dez yeah. and 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 Jaron taking most of the shot. You telling me Dylan Brooks' shot attempts wouldn't be aligned right with those guys. No, he wouldn't be playing the same way as he's playing in Houston. He wouldn't be taking you know 10-11 shots. So uh all things, all with all that said, you know, uh Dylan Brooks' time in Memphis, it was very good. Uh, I think it was more good than bad. A lot of people point out that Utah series, some people point mm-hmm. out the Lakers series, depends on which uh side of the coin you're on, but uh looking forward to this game tonight.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a big one. And that's a perfect segue into the next part of the show to Michael, where we talk exactly uh, a similar line of thinking. I I get there a little bit differently than you, but I agree that the Memphis Grizzlies are still, especially in the long-term better off without Dylan, even though I'm one of the ones that argued for him sticking around, but there's logic behind Zach Kleinman and company letting him walk. And we'll talk about that next here on lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by eBay Motors. DeMichael, this is one of my favorite times of every week. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, who is awesome, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we are going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster so let's check out who josh has picked out for us on this week's ebay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week a familiar name among the lists this week to michael mr santi aldama himself Mm. josh says that santi it's a little bit surprising but aldama has replaced marcus spart in the lineup and has thrived so far we've talked about santi you talked about it yesterday on the show Taking a deep dive into how that worked, at least for now, right? A little bit nerve wracking with him being that small forward, depending on the matchups. But Santi certainly has the offensive juice and Taylor Jenkins has decided it's worth the squeeze, at least for now, with all the different injuries that the Grizzlies are dealing with. So shout out to Josh selecting our over at Memphis. Santi Aldama is one of his picks of this week. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the exact same thing with your vehicle, whether you're driving a beautiful everyday kind of ride, like I'm sure DeMichael Cole has, or you're in a piece of junk like me because you don't have any money. You are able to get everything taken care of and then some with eBay Motors. Over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die vehicle, you can make sure that your car stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever it needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep that car alive at ebaymotors.com eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to United States customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. DeMichael, you did a wonderful job kind of segueing us into the next part of our conversation. I'm with you in terms of if Dylan Brooks was a member of the Memphis Grizzlies right now, this current version of the Memphis Grizzlies, it would be a disaster. It would be bad. I think defensively, you could argue they'd be better. I, I think that's a fair point. Offensively, it would be worse because Dylan from the beginning, and this has been one of my main arguments in support of Dylan Brooks that is now a knock against him, he has been asked in Memphis specifically to have a role that he never should have been in. Because there were times where he was the best player. The reason Jaron Jackson Jr. is in Memphis is because Dylan Brooks was the guy on the wall, like I referenced earlier, willing to take the shot, willing to defend the best player, Dylan Brooks, as a second round draft pick rookie, was defending Kevin Durant, was defending LeBron James, a guy who, as you mentioned to Michael correctly, rarely, if ever, played man-to-man defense in college, is now defending some of the best scores in the history of basketball Mm -hmm. as his primary assignment. So that's going to skew, especially someone as confident as Dylan, that's going to skew your perspective. It was always going to take him going somewhere else to adapt to a new role. And it was always going to be similar to Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas is a good basketball player. He's doing good things for the Pelicans. But he had to go in order for the offensive versions of John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. to evolve. Dylan Brooks is the exact same thing. Dylan had to leave, not just for those offensive purposes because he took too many shots and because he saw himself in a role that wasn't realistic. For success with the Grizzlies long term, but also because that spirit animal idea, Dylan, that's not sustainable from your fourth or fifth best player. It has to be other guys like Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, once he returns, hopefully, taking that ownership and taking that mantle and carrying it and pushing it forward. Dylan had to go because of that. Right now, today, the Grizzlies might be a little bit better. But again, it's weird to say this when the team's three and 10 to Michael, Yeah, everything they've done is about April and May. And if they can get right enough to the point where they make the play in tournament, they get to the sixth seed or something like that. If they get really hot and they catch up and make up ground, the Grizzlies are going to be a team if healthy that nobody's going to want to play because they're really good. If they're able to get to that place, they may never get there, but they certainly were never going to get there. If Dylan Brooks was still on the roster.
1: Yeah, you, you hit towards the end on uh, where I am on this uh, token pretty much, and that's the fact that right now if the Grizzlies had him in the lineup with the pieces, I mean, you're talking about, you know, John Contrard, Bismack Biyombo, and Santi Aldama being three of your starters, even though Santi looked good, you know, in the last game. But it, it would be a plus to have him in the lineup alongside of Jaron and Dez right now to kind of maybe, you know, get a couple because we know Dylan's good for a bunch of, you know, uh, tour date type games, as we call them these days, you know, the five of 20s, the, the nine of 23s and things like that. But that one game where we saw in the playoff series against, you know, Golden State a couple of years where he, he kind of was, uh, you know, holding the Grizzlies afloat, you know, for three quarters, uh, he's capable of those type of outbursts. And and I think, you know, he he can definitely, would he would skew some things in the right direction right now. But getting back to your point, they're playing for, May, June, late April right now. And Dylan Brooks, as we saw last season, uh, as we saw the year before, too, in game six against Golden State, he really didn't move the, natal, move the needle, you know, from that standpoint. But the reason we're having this conversation, Joe, is hilarious to me because we haven't even said the quotes yet. We're talking about why the Grizzlies are better off without Dylan. And, well, here's what Dylan said. Uh, Dylan, for one, he said the Grizzlies don't have any swagger. I think we touched on that part already. But. He said he gave this quote. He said when he was talking about the Grizzlies. He said that the girlfriend, the girlfriend you used to have, you don't know how good she is until she's gone. Referring to himself, basically saying the Grizzlies don't know how good he is until he's gone. Now, Joe, here's what was funny to me. I don't know if you saw me cracking up because I was just mm-hmm. thinking about this quote. And Taylor Jenkins responded to it yesterday after practice. He was he was asked about it, and oh my goodness, Joe, if, if you could have just, I could have put your name as the quote, as attributed this quote to you. Because it sounds like something you would have said exactly. I feel like this would have be your exact response. He says, uh, this is what Taylor Jenkins said. He said, that's an interesting comment. I've been happily married for 10 years with four beautiful kids. I've got a beautiful marriage. And that was his response. <laughs> I've that been was- married 10 years this
0: December and I have three beautiful kids. So yeah. I can 100% to rate, relate to Taylor Jenkins. I mean, we're bearded. We're we're bigger yep. white guys. I mean, we kind of have a lot in common,
1: Taylor Jenkins and I. It, 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 there we go. So, I mean, I, it sounds like the Grizzlies are just kind of laughing off, you know, this whole thing. And I think I mentioned it on yesterday's episode a little bit where we were in the locker room. The players were talking about it. You know, they were like, "Uh, what type of Dylan are we going to get here? You know, they're asking, You're like, you think Dylan's going to stare us down and – you know, like he did against LeBron, like he did against the Clippers. Like, that's kind of become his new thing and whatnot. But I tell you what, you know, I'll be here. So this, if he does the stare down, I'm going to be right there to capture it. Um, I, I just – I can't wait to see the Desmond Bain-Dylan Brooks matchup. I know we're going to get to the Rockets preview. Right. But I probably mm-hmm. I want to shift into some other areas because uh, we've talked a lot about Dylan Brooks here. But that matchup in particular, I mean, we've seen Desmond Bain in this last game – Drew Holiday, as amazing as Drew Holiday is, I think Desmond Bain was able to kind of get to some of the shots he wanted, which doesn't really happen against Drew Holiday. Uh, You know, all things considered, I think he had a fine game against Boston. Uh, All things considered, he had a slow start against the Clippers, and I was like, man, this—you know—they throwing all these different bodies at him, and Des recovered. You know, He, he played well in the second half of that game. So, all that is to say that. Desmond Bain has done well against tough defense this year. Uh, We know Dylan Brooks is going to be a tough task. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's a a game, potential game-altering matchup, depending on how that goes.
0: And to put a nice bow on this part of the conversation, partner, this Desmond Bain, this all-star Desmond Bain, this guy who, again, Drew Holiday is one of the very best in the league defensively. You're not going to completely cook Drew Holiday. Bain had some success. You don't yeah. see this version of Desmond Bain if Dylan Brooks is still on the Memphis Grizzlies, at least not in my Ooh. opinion. So that's an important piece of this. And again, the Grizzlies need this Bain next to John Morant and Marcus Smart, who is yeah. going to be the perfect complementary player in the theoretical world where all of these guys are healthy and they have a complete rotation or as complete as they're going to be able to have uh, without Adams and probably without Clark uh, going into the rest of the season. So, um, I just, I am excited for this game and we're going to preview it next. Here on Locked On Grizzly. But before we do that, I want to once again shout out Locked On launching the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel over on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is also brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA season is in full gear. The NFL season is as well entering Thanksgiving. And you can score early and often with FanDuel and the NFL America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right, $150 if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There is no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, the ever-popular same-game parlay, and so much more. So what are you waiting for this Thanksgiving? Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off Thanksgiving weekend with the NFL. You know you're going to be sitting there after all that food, watching football. Might as well make it a little more interesting with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. We're previewing the game. We've, we've covered the fight, potentially. <laughs> Let's talk Grizzlies Rockets, the team basketball contest, next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, one of your hosts, Memphis Grizzlies columnist over at Bluff City Media. I have a column up Wednesday morning talking about the idea of Dylan Brooks, this hero of his own mind, conquering Memphis, so he believes. Uh, Make sure you're checking it out over at Bluff City Media. Make sure you're checking out all the tremendous work that DeMichael Cole, your piece on, I think it was Jacob Gilliard you Mm -hmm. wrote a feature on. I really enjoyed that DeMichael. Make sure you're checking that out and everything DeMichael does over at the Commercial Appeal or a commercial appeal, excuse me. Um, Follow him on X at the Michael C. Follow me on X at Joe Mullinax. Between Bluff City Media, between the commercial appeal, between Lockdown Grizzlies, we've got you covered, the two of us. Michael, there is a basketball game there, happening. There basketball it's, not, game. it's not just the Dylan Brooks versus Desmond Bain one-on-one not now. a WWE that, matchup. <laughs> that would be highly entertaining, and there's a major pay-per-view or premium live events, Survivor Series coming up this weekend, but this yeah. isn't a wrestling podcast. Um, Dylan would be an excellent pro wrestler, though. <laughs> it's a basketball game, and the Grizzlies are going to be playing a Houston Rockets team that looks vastly different. New head coach, new yeah. roster, the players that have been with the Houston Rockets have more confidence a year in, this is a Houston team that, you know, maybe the last year or two, you could go in and expect a victory. That is most certainly not the case. It's almost like the roles, at least for now have reversed. The Grizzlies look a little bit more like what Houston once was. And the Rockets look like the spry up and comer that the Grizzlies used to be.
1: Yeah. And and remember in off season, what, what did Dylan Brooks say? He said that he felt like the Rockets, you know, uh, with their young core kind of reminded him of the Grizzlies. And, and a lot of people laughed at him. I still, you know, I don't quite yeah. agree it's with it. yeah. It's still not Thanksgiving. It's still not Thanksgiving. It's still early. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I see where he was trying to go with it. You know, they do have a nice young core in Houston, but there's one guy I got to focus on right now, Joe. And that's Alpern Goon. He is cooking people. He is is good. He is a star. And I know the, you know, the comparison that everyone wants to give him, but they're, they're hesitant because the guy that they want to compare him to is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And he just won a championship. So it's like easy. But when you watch him play, you see the little remnants of Nikolai Jokic, but not, not quite. Don't get, I'm not saying he's Jokic. You gotta, you you gotta understand Jokic is one of one. But at this point, 20, basically 21 points a game, averaging close to six assists, 8.8 rebounds. And he's doing it, you know, pretty efficiently. You know, 61% effective field goal percentage, uh, 62, 63% inside the arc, uh, 34.5% from three point, from the three point line. Uh, He doesn't have many weaknesses on the offensive end, but I always think when you talk about Jokic, when you talk about Sengun, guys who can playmate, guys who can shoot, guys who can get inside the uh, the arc and score for themselves, I can throw Carl Anthony Towns in that conversation a little bit as well. The best defenders for those guys, I think, are, are players who are mobile and strong shot blockers. That's the best chance you have. If you have one of those big, chunkier centers, probably just going to blow by them. Uh, if, if you have a guy who's not really a shot blocker, not gonna have that much success. The guy who's had the most success against Jokic, in my opinion, in his career up to this point, was Dwight Howard. Uh, Dwight Howard, especially in that West Conference finals in the bubble, uh, had some decent success again because you know, he's strong, because he's a shot blocker, and 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 he can move, you know, with it. Now, with Sagoon, I think of Bismack Biyombo as a guy strong. Very mobile, shot blocker. Uh If the Grizzlies can kind of play that matchup, I wouldn't even say to a draw. It's just a slight advantage to Segun. And when I say draw, slight advantage to Sagoon, we're not talking about statistically, you know, both guys finishing around 15 right, points. Right, right, right. We're talking about holding him. I mean, we just listed the numbers, 21-8-6, uh, holding him somewhere, something, you know, limiting one of those areas, whether it's him finishing with two Assist, whether it's him finishing with 14 points or, or less or something like that. He is the key to this whole thing because I'm going to be honest with you. Jalen Green, I haven't been impressed with him this season. It, it, this was supposed to be one of those leap years for him or whatever. And it's like, yeah, he he's all right, but he he still feels like more of a guy you would package in a bigger, de- bigger deal to get a star rather than one of your cornerstones that you build around. Jabari Smith, I think he's been all right, but same thing. Both of those guys have been a little bit up and down. Fred Van Fleet, Dylan Brooks, uh, Sagoon have been more of their three consistent guys, and Sagoon is the young guy who I'm more focused on. The Grizzlies, you want to win this matchup, starts with that guy. I think
0: Sagoon is, is the best of all the names you listed. He's probably their best player this oh, season. Oh, for sure. And, and I think he's their best prospect. He's an all-star. Because obviously yeah. he's yeah. still a, a younger player. I, I think that Biambo can limit him in terms of rebounding. Right, Bismack, that's a strength of his. And I enjoy watching. I'm going to look forward to that battle on the glass. I also think with the way that he plays defense, a lot of drop coverage, they're going to force him into situations where he's going to have to make decisions with the basketball. Still a young player. The Grizzlies, even without Marcus Smart, they're adept at playing those passing lanes. Gilliard is a great example of that. So maybe force a couple of turnovers there. The youth of those guys, you know, Memphis is a little more experienced in key spots than the Rockets are, and I think that's going to help them a lot. Um, outside of the the uh, Desmond Bain-Dylan Brooks matchup, which, of course, is going to be important, this is a game, in my opinion, where Jaron Jackson Jr. has to dominate offensively. He has to be able to realize that there's going to be guys that are smaller than him, guys that aren't as athletic as him. The Rockets, unless it's Dylan Brooks trying to defend Jaron, which would be quite the plot twist, <laughs> um, th- there's not. they don't really have anybody that, that can slow down a Jaron Jackson Jr. when he is of the right mind Create you off get, the dribble yeah. for himself, get downhill, get to the free throw line like he did against the Spurs. You yeah. know, it, it's similar to San Antonio in that way. The Spurs didn't mm-hmm. really have somebody that could slow him down. I don't think the Rockets do right now either. In theory, they might have a couple of body types that could do it. Dylan's yeah. probably the one that's best prepared for it. But if you put Dylan on Jaron, you get to my next dude. point. If yeah. you put Dylan on Jaron, who the hell defends Desmond Bain? I don't know that the Rockets thinking, the Rockets yeah. might have a better record right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the Grizzlies, even with their issues in terms of their roster are yeah. a good matchup for the Houston Rockets.
1: I don't think they're a good matchup for a lot of teams right now with Santi Dama in the That's starting lineup. Too, absolutely. And, and, and we were, we were, we were, again, we always think along the same line. Sometimes we take different routes to get there, but we always meet at the same destination. And That's my whole point as well. Sure, I I said that, you know, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, that's the key here. And one, what if that's not even the matchup? You know, I I think you got to consider the fact that Dylan Brooks, I think he could have success, you know, against Jaron, against, I mean, we saw him basically eliminate Santi, you know, in that Canada-Spain game, you know, just being physical with him. Santi. Santi, Santi, you know, got the better of him early on. But but still, he knows Santi well enough where he, he just was real physical with Santi. Uh, my point is the Rockets have to make a choice. And it's kind of you got to choose. I Personally, I would throw him on Desmond Bank because Desmond Bain is the head of the snake. We know as good as Jaren's been. I think that's argue, where they start. Yeah, but you can argue that Jaren's efficiency offensively has not been good. At the end of the day, being a six-lap guy, you shouldn't be shooting, you know, 41, 42 percent from the field. Uh, but at the same time, Jaron has been dominant to the point where he's getting to the free throw line and he's taking advantage of put uh, teams that put smaller guys on him. So between J- Jaron and Santi, you look at the uh, Rockets lineup, Dylan Dylan Brooks is your three. So if you don't put Dylan Brooks on Jaron or Santi, is, is Jalen Green going to match up against one of those guys? And that's that's what they'd have to do. So if you say, you know, Jabari Smith, OK, that's fine. We expect him to guard one of them. Uh, Jalen, it's either Jalen Green. I'm sure uh, Fred Van Fleet's probably going to guard one of those guys as well in terms of uh, Conchar or maybe even Desmond Bain. Fred Van Fleet's a very good defender. He may be the initial uh, Desmond Bain draw uh, as well. But wherever Dylan Brooks ends up, pay real close attention to that. I think that's a big key uh, because the Grizzlies will have a mismatch somewhere on the floor. You say that we always wind up in the same place,
0: and you're usually right. I do just want to, before, as we close out the show here today to Michael, I want to point out, you mentioned the starting lineup change. Tell me, I know we're in the era of positionless basketball, but if you had to assign a position to Desmond Bain, what position would you have said he played over the
1: weekend? I'd say point guard.
0: Oh, yeah. if only I had heard somebody yeah. say putting the ball in Desmond Bain's yeah, hand. Yeah, that, that's you all I the did, way. I did not argue for Santi Aldama, so I can't. <laughs> I cannot claim 100% correctness. Uh, but it, it, it's good to see Bain. I, I agree, head of the snake. I think Brooks is going to draw that assignment. But it, it's Jaron has to take advantage. If the Grizzlies are going to win, Jaron has to be the experienced guy that's able to abuse whatever younger big. They might have a frame. They might have the capacity. Jaron's got the experience. It should be a winning yeah. matchup. If Jaron can't win that matchup, the Grizzlies won't win the game. Uh, thank you guys so much for checking out Lockdown Grizzlies wherever you are, however you're listening to the show, or whatever uh, space you get your podcasts in, whether you're over on YouTube, leave a comment, say hello, uh, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those fun things, and continue to make Lockdown Grizzlies part of your NBA content experience as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday here. This will be it for me this week. I'm heading out of town, going to enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday with that wife. And those three kids that I mentioned a little bit <laughs> earlier, but DeMichael, you're there in Houston and uh, a rumor has it that we might get a special Thanksgiving edition of the show with some DeMichael Cole reactions to Grizzlies Rockets.
1: Yeah, we, we, we could. You know, it's going to be a long night. It's going to be an early flight in the morning, but uh, I'm going to try to squeeze it in. So so we'll we'll see how everything works out for sure.
0: Worst case scenario, you will catch both of us back with you on Monday's episode of the show because I'm I'm not going to ask DeMichael to record on Thanksgiving night. He's going to have his belly full of all sorts of good food, <laughs> all sorts of things. We're going to rest up and take the rest of the week off, but uh, we both will be back with you on the Monday show. DeMichael planning on a Thanksgiving edition talking Grizzlies Rockets, but we'll be back together to talk everything Memphis Grizzlies basketball and then some to start next week DeMichael, michael on uh, behalf of you and myself we both wish you and yours the happiest of thanksgivings rest up enjoy family friends football food all those great things and enjoy some grizzlies basketball as best you can hopefully uh things get a little bit better over the next few days for the memphis grizzlies both on and off the floor for DeMichael, i'm joe happy thanksgiving we wish you and yours all the best like comment rate review subscribe wherever you get your podcast check out locked on network all day every day have a good